At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we've got a tremendous hour number three for you as we're going to be talking a little bit of everything. We're going to be getting set for the upcoming football season. But right on top of that, we've got some U.S. Open action. That if you're listening to this live at 2 a.m. Eastern, this is not a typo that. The Yannick Sinner versus Alcaraz match, it is going down, and we're right now in set number four, and Alcaraz is one point away from forcing a set number five. I joked in the last segment that there's a chance uh, if there's a chance that this m- match might wind up going on past the Greg Peterson experience. I set the line at minus 110 both ways. I'm sure that a lot of people want to take the Greg Peterson experience to wind up going a little bit longer, but as long as Alcaraz is able to force set number five, which he has now been able to, this might wind up being a long, long night out there in New York, the city that never sleeps. They're getting even less sleep tonight. So we're going to be talking about that with Brad Thomas and Scott Reichel. They do a great job handicapping a little tennis. We're going to be also taking a look at a little bit of soccer as well. Europa League, EPL. We're going to be diving in there here in the first segment. We're hitting a little bit of baseball and then we wrap things up with my DK Nation pick on the diamond. I'm going to give you guys a little bit on Thursday night football as well. So we're literally covering everything that you could possibly bet on here at VSIN. So I absolutely love it. And how about if we wind up diving into the baseball card and we wind up leading off with a game that I wound up talking about a little bit earlier last hour with Justin Perry along with Anthony DeBudo joined me on the baseball roundtable. 9-13, 9-14 on the board. Chicago White Sox. They're on the road. They're facing off against the Oakland A's as J.P. Sears. He goes for the A's and Dylan Cease 
He goes for the Chicago White Sox. White Sox favorites anywhere between minus 180 to a minus 190. And anywhere between plus 160 and plus 170 is going to be your number on Oakland with the total at 7. And we're seeing the juice all over the place on this total. You're able to shop around and you're able to find anywhere between even a minus 120 on both the over and the under. But when it comes to the circumstance, I did wind up saying my total at 6.4. You got an Oakland A's team that they've got one guy in John Murphy that among players with at least 50 at-bats this season, he's the only one that's hitting above a 240. He and Seth Brown have been able to supply right around 38, 39 home runs, so they've actually been able to generate a little bit of power, but it's Oakland A's team. They're hitting below 210 at home. It's the most pitcher-friendly ballpark, in my opinion, in all of baseball, and Sears has been solid. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression that winds coming in from. He doesn't wind up getting a lot of swings and misses, but has been overall effective this season. That bears itself out with regards to the ERA versus the fielding independent for Sears. He's got a 2.37 ERA, fielding independent of a 3.56. So by no means is he pitching badly. He's been getting a little bit fortunate on balls in play, though. He's along right around seven and a half hits for nine innings while only getting about 5.7 strikeouts for nine innings. Now, if you do take a look at what Sears wound up doing at the minor league level, he's more around an 11 and a half strikeout per nine inning guy in his two seasons with the New York Yankees and the Oakland A's farm system. So I do think that he's going to be able to increase that a little bit as time winds up going along. Young guy who's able to do a solid job. He is backed up, though, by a bullpen that they're dealing with a few injuries. As Zach Jackson, he's currently out of the fold along with Danny Jimenez. That winds up being a bit of an issue, but take a look at the flip side for Dylan Cease. This guy has been absolutely amazing. Very nearly wound up having a no-hitter in his last start. He has limited the deep ball. The one issue that you do have with Dylan Cease, he does offer 3.7 walks per nine innings, but he's been going deeper and deeper into games. The command has been getting better. 11.5 strikeouts per nine innings. He has been incredible on the road. As his ERA at home, it's in the neighborhood about a 2-7, but on the road, it is sub-2. He is in the hunt, for my, in my opinion, for the Cy Young at this point, especially with Justin Rolander and Shane McClanahan dealing with some injuries. If Dylan Cease can wind up having a couple nice starts, it's going to be impactful, especially if the White Sox can continue to claw their way into the playoff hunt for the White Sox. It's a bunch that they don't really hit a bunch of home runs to start with, so I do think that playing in a pitcher-friendly ballpark, not necessarily the worst thing in the world because they're in the top two in all of the league in terms of batting average on the road. You've got guys like Andrew Vaughn along with when he's been out there because he's currently on the injured list. Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, all these guys hitting a 285 or greater. They've been able to do a very solid job of being a move line. You just don't have that with the Oakland A's. And for the White Sox, they've done a good job of being able to take some of their guys that, let's call it what it is, they have been failures of starters, and they've been able to do a solid job in the bullpen. I'm talking about Jimmy Lambert. I'm also talking about Reynaldo Lopez. You throw in there Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks, who did wind up throwing yesterday, but fewer than 15 pitches. Got yourself a very solid bullpen. I do think that the White Sox are going to be able to hold down an Oakland A's team that just had a difficulty being able to generate runs in general. In a lot of places, you're finding the White Sox run line about a minus 105 to a minus 110. I was willing to go up to a minus 120. So I'm taking a look at an under in this spot, and I'm going to be taking a look at the White Sox. We wound up just seeing this game come onto the board here at Circa. Circa is the only, num- is the only book that has a number on this game. As we've got 9-11, 9-12 on the board. New York Yankees, they play us to the Minnesota Twins. Sonny Gray is going to be getting the start for Minnesota. Nestor Cortez goes for the Yankees. Initial number, minus 133 on the Yankees, plus 122 on Minnesota, with a total of seven. Very heavily juiced to the under end. I think we've went a little bit too far with dogging this Yankees offense. And I will say, for the Minnesota Twins, prior to the double dip that 
we got on Wednesday. They were a bunch that had scored four runs or fewer in eight out of their last nine road games. And it's not necessarily been too terrific as the injuries of Byron Bucks out along with Ori Polanco. They have been hurting them, but something I personally lo- love doing is fading guys that are coming off the injured list. Now, I do think that this is a number that it's too low to fade Nestor Cortez. I was hoping I would be able to get some sort of like a plus 150 with the Minnesota Twins. And as of right now, the bookmakers at Circa are saying, no, sir, you will either wind up laying a small number with the New York Yankees or you shall pass. And at a minus 133, I'm going to gobble up the New York Yankees in this spot. And if nothing else, you might wind up having Aaron Judge be able to drive in these runs all by himself. It's been incredible what we've been seeing out of him this season. In my opinion, it takes a historic season to take the MVP award away from Shoy Otani with all that he's been doing. First guy, I believe, ever to wind up having 10-plus wins as a pitcher and 30-plus home runs as a hitter. And he's been relatively hot himself recently. But if Aaron Judge is not hitting, the New York Yankees are not winning games. He wound up having a home run in four straight games, entering into game two of their doubleheader. And in those four games, the team wound up going three and one. And in three of those four games, it had been decided by one run. Aaron Judge is having such a big impact on this Yankees team. He's got so many walk-off, winning not just home runs, but hits in general, that he deserves to be the MVP, in my opinion. And take a look at Aaron Judge. He's got an outside shot of being able to hit the triple crown. Luis Arias has been towards the top of the American League in terms of batting average all season long, hitting right around a 315. He's hitting a 301 with a 407 on base, leads the league in home runs, leads the league in RBI. He's got a shot, in my opinion, and that is something that is incredibly historic. You take a look past him, there's really not a lot of protection, which is why his home run number 61 might wind up being in a little bit of peril because take a look at game two of the doubleheader. His protection was Labor Torres, as Waldo Cabrera and Aaron Hicks. Ugh. Aaron Hicks has been hitting about a 215. You've got Josh Donaldson whenever he's been out there on the field rather than just running his mouth, hitting about a 215 as well. John Carlos Sand has been a little bit banged up. He's been able to slug out the deep ball, but he's been hitting about a 220 himself. So it's been a Yankees team that if you take a look at players not named Aaron Judge post All-Star break, they're honestly right there with the Oakland A's in terms of their offensive numbers. It's been deplorable. And for the Minnesota Twins, deal with the injuries that they have with Byron Buxton. That is a little bit of an issue as well. So it is a circumstance where I do recognize that they wind up setting the total a little bit lower, but with Nestor Cortez making his first start in a few weeks, you do have a little bit of trepidation because the Yankees have been able to get great performances out of him this season. Cortez right around a 2-1-5 ERA at home, giving up right around .8 home runs per 9-90, so he's been solid on that front. And for Sonny Gray, he's been a little bit better on the road rather than home. He's got a 297 home ERA, 327 road ERA, but the home runs per nine rate, that is a little bit lower when he has been on the road as well. You do have a bullpen for the Minnesota Twins, so that they are used up. You wound up having Joe Ryan only be able to go four innings in game two of that doubleheader. First game winds up going 12 innings, so you did wind up having to use up guys like Yoan Duran and company. So these two teams, they're both going to be very tired. For the Yankees, fortunately, they were able to get a little bit of length out of Garrett Cole to be able to preserve some of these guys. Like Awani Peralta, they certainly had to use up Clay Holmes. So you've got two teams that they wound up having to dive deep into their bullpen on the doubleheader. So that does wind up playing a little bit of a factor, which which is why I do, if we wind up getting these numbers just widely available, I do like the 7 over. Heck, I would like a 7 half over, so even if we do wind up seeing places like DraftKings, insert your East Coast book here, wind up opening this a little bit higher, I still would be recommending the over in this spot, and 
I was willing to lay up to a minus 155 with the Yankees because the Minnesota Twins, they really did have to dive into that bullpen. Even if Sonny Gray wants a relatively solid start, that does wind up putting them a little bit behind the eight ball. So I do think that that is important to take a look at. And we should be seeing numbers up on that game. If it's not available to you right now, more around 4, 5 a.m. Pacific time. If you're out there on the East Coast, that's more like 7 to 8 a.m. Eastern. So that is where we wind up standing on that front. How about if we wind up also going with the Washington Nationals and the St. Louis Cardinals? As this is 901, 902 on the board. The Washington Nationals shot Josiah Gray to the bump and Ed Wainwright. He winds up going for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Cardinals. Lofty, minus 270 to minus 285. Favorites, anywhere between plus 240 to plus 247. Your number on the Washington Nationals. I will personally apologize to the Washington Nationals for declaring them winners on Wednesday and then they wind up having the game completely toilet bowl on them. And a four-run lead in the ninth inning. I want to have a big plus money ticket. And anyone that wanted to have that plus money ticket with me, you feel my pain. If you want to have the St. Louis Cardinals, you're welcome. I want to being able to put that nice hex on the Washington Nationals very unintentionally. As we know, jinxes don't exist. But somehow, someway, I want to rearing its ugly head on Wednesday. But I just take a look at this number with Washington. It's too lofty. I'm going to be taking a look at the plus price. If we've got time in the show, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more. But Josiah Gray, his ERA on the road is three points better than it is at home. He's given up 34 home runs. But St. Louis, this is just a little bit too big of a number, especially with the way that the Nationals have been able to generate five-plus runs in now seven out of their last 10 road games. So we're going to be taking a look at the plus number with the Washington Nationals. And I do think that this total is a little bit too low with the way that the Nationals have been hitting as well. But something else that we've got to hit on, some football. We're going to do so with Brad Thomas and Scott Reichel up next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Snack time meets game time with the Frito Lay Snacks and Snap series, throwing six free fantasy football contest and draft your best lineups to fight for a share of $120,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Frito-Lay now to get in on the action. Frito-Lay, food for the fun of it. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply to DraftKings.com for details. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience and we are joined by Brad Thomas. He does great work over there at NBC Sports and we're also being joined by Scott Reichel. It does a great job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And gentlemen, week two of the college football season is upon us. And Brad, I know that you've got a little bit of a play when it comes to the Alabama versus Texas game. Is Texas back? Well, they are back to being a 20-point <laughs> underdog. That, In terms of that, they are certainly back. And I know that you've got a couple different plays here. And one that I really like in terms of the first half, take me through this Alabama versus Texas game because I love what you've done here. Yeah, so I love that Texas thinks they're back. You know, there's nothing better than a program starting to finally feel that they're revitalized. But I'm on Alabama first half minus 11 and a half. If you look at Alabama in the past year at their road games that they've played, they've gone out to really strong starts. So I saw the stat line. I thought it was pretty interesting, right? Alabama under Nick Saban is 26 and 6 against the spread in the first five games of the season as a 22-point favorite or less. So that made me think, why why do they cover the spread so often in those games? A lot of it has to do with how they start. When they played at Florida, 27-3 in the first half, at Miami, 27-3, at Tennessee, 28-10. In those games, it was all about scoring on the first possession and continuously playing. When you look at this Texas team, yeah, sure, they're going to have the flashy names like Quinn Ewers. Everyone knows B. John Robinson and Xavier Worthy are, are great players. But this is an Alabama side who's going to constantly attack their weak offensive line. Alabama probably has two of the best D linemen in the entire country, so it's going to be constant pressure. And without you know gushing too much over this Alabama side, they are coached by one of the best and have production at every position. This is a totally different team than the one that was in the national championship this year and Texas will feel the grunt of that. Now, if Texas can hang around late, we'll see, but I know that Nick Saban is going to want to start fast against his old assistant. And I think that this is a spot in which for Texas, it's really going to be a rubber meets the road sort of game. And Scott, not sure if you've got a little bit of a different opinion to Brad on this one, but I take a look at Alabama and I don't know if I want to lay the 20, but I like the angle that he has in the first half because we have seen Alabama cover a lot of first halves and then not necessarily for the full game. And I doubt that I don't know if I trust Texas to be able to hang with Alabama in the spot. Well, for the record, I'm not going to fade Bama. I mean, from what I saw in week one, you have Bama, Georgia, and then everybody else down there. It's just not even close. They're clearly the best two teams in the country. Texas, they absolutely destroyed 
their opponent in the first week. Congratulations, congratulations to Ewell Monroe. I'm really proud of you. You won that game handily. <laughs> uh, you're playing Bama now. Not exactly a, I'd just say, a good situation for Texas, who is probably going to get exploited defensively, especially because they're extremely young at a lot of positions. And Bama just has so many weapons. Bryce Young looks fantastic. And he somehow looks even faster than he did last year. That was one takeaway I had during the Utah State game. But I expect Bama to probably score 28 points in the first half. And I don't think Texas is going to get to 17. So I think you're probably in a good spot there for the first half to cash. And Scott, I know that your main play with regards to teams from the state of Alabama, not involving the Crimson Tide. How about if we take a look at the Blazers of UAB? They're finding themselves most books six and a half point favorites against Liberty. Liberty for the last few years, they've really been able to rise up as a college football program. But as we know, their coach wound up bolting in the offseason, and this is not quite the same Liberty team that we wound up seeing with Malik Willis last season. Take me through UAB versus Liberty because not often that you wind up seeing a squad that is a six and a half point road favorite in this spot and getting seamed up like this. Yeah, a lot of it's going to be based on the injury report and based on really just the perceptions of week one. Uh, Charlie Brewer was supposed to be the next guy to take over the quarterback job, and he broke his hand pretty early on into last week's game, and he's out for about two months. They had a couple of quarterbacks that tried to rotate in. One was good, one was not. But Southern Miss, not exactly a good football team, or at least not exactly a powerhouse by any means. And Liberty needed four overtimes in order to beat Southern Miss. UAB played an FCS school in the first week, but UAB is extremely talented. They're motivated. And UAB also kind of got blown out by this team last year at home. So I do think it's a nice revenge angle here. But Liberty's basically using a second or third string quarterback, and UAB has a ton of experience from last year's team. I think that six and a half is a pretty solid number. The line's gone up a decent amount so far this week. But with Brewer having a confirmed broken hand, and now the Liberty are scrambling offensively to figure out anything, I think it's a serious problem for the Flames. Give me UAB minus six and a half. And how about the story it has been with UAB? I still remember when they dismembered their entire football program a few years ago, and now here they are. They've really been able to rise up, so credit where credit is due there. And we've got to take a look at another number that has went up a little bit. Brad, I know that you're taking a look at this Baylor versus BYU game. BYU opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites, finding anywhere between three and three-and-a-half. Very much a split in the market as to whether you're going to get a three or a three-and-a-half. And totals went up a little bit as well from 52-and-a-half to 53-and-a-half. Take me through this one because I've been very impressed by Baylor over the last few years. So a little bit surprising to see the money not coming on them. Yeah, this was an interesting line for me. And when I started diving into this game, I, I went with every intention of wanting to fade BYU. I had no intentions of even looking at this total until I started digging into the numbers a little bit and, and why I wanted to fade BYU. I didn't have any reason that was, you know outlandish outside of they played USF and they played a USF team who's supposed to be better, but they, they held Jerry Bohannon down. They scored 51 points. Then I started looking at this total here. Well, Baylor, the reason this line is set is because Baylor lost 49% of the production on defense. A lot of that is on the defensive line. Well, what's really good for Baylor to score points in this game on the road in a game that scored over 60 points last time they played each other is Baylor gets four returners on the offensive line. So Baylor will still be able to move the ball, and I'm a big fan of Shapin. And BYU, if you guys watch Jaron Hall, if you guys watch them run the ball, this BYU team is legit. They return 97% of production, second highest in the entire college football universe. They are going to score points in bunches this year. So I think we're going to see a shootout here, and 53 is a beautiful total 
I think it's going to go under undervalued because a lot of people think BYU, Dave, I mean, excuse me, Baylor, Dave Aranda under games, but no, this is going to be a track meet. And Scott, what is your take on BYU versus Baylor? Because do you think that it's a little bit interesting that this one wound up opening up BYU being about a two and a half point favorite. We've seen it go up to three and in a lot of spots now three and a half as well as BYU. They've got a relatively good home field advantage, but at the same time, Baylor has been a completely different program under Dave Rand as well. Yeah, Baylor was my pick to win the Big 12. They still are. I think that they're a very good program. I think you hit the nail on the head. The game's in Provo. That's really the main reason why it's going to be a really, really packed atmosphere. We know how big of an impact the home crowd was against Arizona State last year. Now, of course, Baylor's a lot better than Arizona State, uh, you know, comparing it. But the point is, we've seen BYU really rise to the occasion in front of the home crowd. So I do think that you could argue BYU has one of the most valuable home field advantages. But I think that's kind of why I'm leaning BYU. I like the angle, though, for the actual total in this game that was just mentioned. But I do think it looks a little bit trappy to take Baylor. I'm not going to do it. It's either BYU or pass for me. And I think that this one is so interesting as well because you've got the Louisville versus Central Florida game, one of the few games that we're going to be seeing on Friday. And always nice because we get some NFL action on Thursday, get a few Friday FBS games, and we get that big slate on Saturday. But, Scott, I know that you're looking into the Central Florida versus Louisville game, and Louisville opened up a five-point underdog. Now find them as a five-and-a-half-point underdog. We've seen a small move, but not necessarily anything too substantial. Where do you stand on this one? Because with Louisville, certainly a team that has fallen on some tough times in recent years, and for Central Florida, I feel like they would love to make a big statement before they wind up going to the Big 12 next season. Yeah, I got UCF minus the five and a half here. Louisville had one of the most disappointing showings in week one. It's one thing to lose to Syracuse on the road. 31-7, to you scored seven points against Syracuse's defense, and they also gave up 208 rushing yards. Now, Tucker's a great running back, I get it, but UCF does have... Uh, a lot of talent in the ground game. We know Bowser's still there. They got Plumlee as a transfer. He had 308 passing yards and 100 rushing yards. We know he's extremely mobile for what we saw at Ole Miss, what felt like about a decade ago at this point. But I also am not a big fan of Louisville's coach. I don't think that Satterfield's very good, and it seems like they've kind of coasted on the talent of Malik Cunningham. But the defense hasn't been good in a long time, and we saw Syracuse really shut down Cunningham and this offense. So if the offense just can't win a shootout, I don't think there's many ways for Louisville to win games, and it would not surprise me if Satterfield potentially gets fired midseason, but that was one of the worst performances in week one was Louisville, and UCF's at home. They have revenge from last year after that brutal Gabriel pick six in the final minute last year. I like I like UCF here, minus five and a half. I think Louisville's extremely overvalued. And with Louisville, they could certainly use that guy by the name of Lamar Jackson right now because he just mentioned it, them scoring seven points. In week one against Syracuse, a team that was one of the dregs of defense the last few years in general in college football. Not so tremendous, but you know what is tremendous? Being able to break away and talk a little tennis and talk a little and talk a little soccer. We're going to be doing that next with Scott Reichel. Does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Brad Thomas does a great job over at NBC Sports. Up next, right here on the Great Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. And on top of that, bettors know that this is where the money is made, and nobody knows football like VSIN. Now is the time to be. 
become a VEASAN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro football guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles on every single team with advanced stats and power rankings plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards, and so much more. Sign up for an early discounted rate of $175. You'll get both guides and full access through VEASAN all the way through the Super Bowl or join us for just $40 a month and see everything that VEASAN has to offer to help your sports betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options and become a part of the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Still being joined by Scott Reichel, who does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and Brad Thomas does amazing work over there at NBC Sports. And I know that you guys love to be able to take a look at some of these, shall we say, ancillary markets like tennis, like soccer. We're going to dive into some picks in a second because I know that when it comes to the U.S. Open, we just don't have a lot of matches as we're coming down to the bitter end. But I did not think that I was going to be coming onto the show. And at 11.30 p.m. Pacific time, we would still be having Yannick Sinner and Elkares going at it. But how much do you wind up putting into in terms of handicapping? I'll start with this, with you on this one, Scott. The fact that we've got right now a match at local time is 2.30 a.m. And these guys have to turn around and play a match less than 48 hours from now. Yeah, it's definitely a very, very favorable situation for Tiafo, who would play the winner of this match. On the bright side, both guys are still extremely young. As you can tell, the fact that they've been playing for five hours tonight, they're incredibly fit. So you are kind of expecting them to potentially show up for at least the first couple sets. You have to wonder if they'll fatigue if Tiafo could potentially take one of the first two sets and you have another marathon on your hands. I'm more concerned about fatigue for Sinner than for Alcaraz because Sinner has basically dropped sets in every single match. And, I, and he also appeared to have a bit of a knee issue earlier on in this match. Now, he's overcome it, but I do at least want to acknowledge that the knee could give him problems moving forward. As for the match itself, I mean, this is absolutely incredible stuff. Sinner was serving for the match in the fourth set, ended up getting broken. He had a match point, didn't go his way. And he's up a break now, but Alcaraz is threatening. And yeah, it's really just high quality. Anytime you pass the magic number of five in terms of hours for an actual match, you're watching something special. And this is definitely the match of the tournament. And Brad, when you wind up taking a look at this, and really just in all sports, I do think that you need to factor this into your handicapping because, I mean, for one, this is terrific. If, I mean, if nothing else, if you've got a bet on this, you've got five hours worth of action. You can't get this from penny slots or anything like that. This is great entertainment. A movie does not wind up lasting typically more than two, two and a half hours in this day and age. But when it comes to handicapping these matches, I do think that, this is something that really needs to be factored in because here at the U.S. Open, these matches have been going later and later, and this one just set a record for how late it's went. Yeah, no, it, anytime you have a rest advantage, you have to attack it. And from a fan perspective, I will tell you, for starters, that the U.S. Open has been great to watch, but Alcaraz might be my favorite young player. The behind-the-back uh, volley back was absolutely nuts. Everything he does is just power, finesse, fun, exciting. And, you know, to have tennis going on this long in the day, it's something that you, you, you don't, you, these are stories we're going to tell our kids. Like we stayed up, I'm living in Florida. We stayed up till 3am watching a five hour tennis match of two of the best tennis players in the entire world. Something to marvel at. This is just absolutely incredible. And well, in terms of bang for your buck, in terms of entertainment, if you want to just throwing a few bucks down on this, well, you certainly want to getting that. Hopefully you wind up making a little bit of money along the way, but at the very least, in the words of Gladiator, are you not entertained is 
right now what is coming to mind. But I know that you guys also do a great job of being able to handicap a little bit of soccer as well. And Brad, I'll start with you. I know that you're taking a look at a match that we are going to be seeing within about 24 or so hours from now in Arsenal. Take me through this one and what you wind up liking out there in the EPL. Yeah, so I'm going to be looking at this Europa match, Arsenal versus Zurich. And for those who don't know, Zurich uh, plays in the Swiss Super League, and right now they are on the verge of being bottom feeders. They have yet to win in about seven matches, and they've gotten blown out by young boys, uh, St. Gallen, Sion, Basel, all these teams who, if you compare them, if you compare the best league in the entire world, which is the Premier League, that's Arsenal. And now this Arsenal side, all summer, all they had to hear about was how they blew that the, the, the lead to be a top four team in the Premier League, they went outside Gabriel Jesus, went outside Zinchenko. They've gotten so much better, and a lot of that has to do with the confidence. They get to play this match at home. They're going to absolutely pound Zurich. Zurich's biggest problem is they concede a ton of goals. Arsenal's best improvement in the offseason has been their defense. Defensively, they are sound. They don't allow you to get a lot of shots up, and they definitely don't allow you to get quality looks. So I like Arsenal on the goal line in this game. Yep, and that's a minus one and a half goal line that you're taking a look at. And then I know that you, Scott, you're taking a look at a traditional power. You're taking a look at Man United. Money line is a little bit bigger than you typically find typically on a three-way. You're not laying overly much juice, but take me through Man U and why you think that they're going to be able to dominate in their match. It's mostly because of how Man U completely just flipped the switch during the EPL season. We saw them lose to Brentford in the first game of the season. We thought they might be a laughing stock, but they've won four straight and they've looked incredible. And if you want to talk about the current form of Real Sociodad, they've not been very good in La Liga up to this point. Now, they haven't been awful, but they have a gold differential of negative one in four La Liga matches. Man U playing in Old Trafford, you know, the home crowd is going to be involved. But the fact that Man U really seems to have flipped the switch after such an abysmal beginning. I think is definitely a sign that this Man U team should not be taken lightly whatsoever. I think it's going to be competitive. I don't think Man U is going to blow them out or anything like that. But with the home crowd, I could see a 2-0, maybe a 2-1 final. But the defense has been very good. The offense has picked it up. I just think that they have a few too many weapons for Real Sociedad to deal with. I'll take, I'll take Man U to find a way to get it done after 90. And how do you wind up being able to play just in general? This is just more for those that are a little bit newer to soccer betting because as we know, it is going to be much, much more popular here in the next few months. The World Cup is going to be coming up. It typically winds up happening in the summertime because it's going to be played out there in Qatar where it would be 115, 120 degrees. Only I would be crazy enough to like jog in those sorts of temperatures. So they wind up pushing it back to November. But just taking a look at the three-way, the the both sides, and then also the draw, how do you wind up handicapping this? Because it is much different than most sports. And I'll start with you on this, Scott. Well, of course, the main difference is obviously for a money line, you have a push draw, especially in like football, for example. Uh, but for the sake of soccer, you have to avoid a tie at all costs as well. You could potentially look for a pick em draw that's available where if it's a draw, you do get your money back. When it comes to three-way lines, just at least keep in mind that if you're picking a team to win the game, you don't have a fail-safe, you don't have insurance policy where if it ends up being a tie, you uh, get your money back. So... Make sure you're confident on who you actually like to win matches because there are two ways you can lose instead of one because draws are also a loss. Yep, that is so important. And Brad, how do you wind up evaluating soccer a little bit differently than some of your other sports? Like 
I know that with myself, I evaluate a lot of college basketball along with MOB, and for me, they're just completely different in terms of the way that you do wind up handicapping it because one is a money line sport, one is a spread sport, big differences there. How do you wind up just going about being able to handicap soccer because it is a little bit different with a three-way line? Yeah, so much like you do um, with with your sports is when you find your number, you know, in other sports, it's easy to bet it. If I think that the predicted score is going to be two to one, you know, instantly I'd be like, yeah, I want to bet this. But you have to actually think about motivations. I One thing I like to ask myself, if both these managers are in the 70th minute and the score is 1-1, would they push forward? Would they be ex- Would they be ecstatic to walk away with one point? Or would they want to go for broke? And if you have situations like that where it's a do or die, a now or never, that's when you take a little bit more risk on the money line. And a good example, I'll give Napoli hosted Liverpool. Napoli was the underdog. They were a 225 uh, underdog, and they were a half a goal on the goal line. And for Napoli, hosting Liverpool in shambles, they really wanted to take the game. It wasn't about walking out there with a draw. It was about winning. So that's when you had to start evaluating, is it more worth it to play the goal side or is it more worth it to play the three-way money line because you're getting a little over two to one on a team who's going to be pushing the action. And if it's tied 1-1 in the 70th minute, they're not going to pack the pack the, bu- pack the house and park the bus and say, I'm good with the point. They're going to actually push forward because to them, a draw is a loss and a, a win is an absolute step in the right direction. I think that that is so great that you want to point that out because as we know, motivation in all sports, it is something that, well, sometimes it winds up being coming and going to say the least. And I know that Scott, you've got one other play that you've got out there in the NFLs. We've got about 30 seconds. Take me through Cowboys versus Buccaneers and what you've got on it. I'm going with the Buccaneers on the money line here. I know both teams offensive, the offensive lines are in shambles for both teams, but one team signed Jason Peters, so you know how bad it is in Dallas right now. But Godwin's officially active now, and you're looking at the Cowboys offseason. Did they have the worst offseason in the entire league? Because they got worse at basically every position, and they didn't address any concerns of need, and McCarthy's still there. I think Tampa's going to win a close game, but that's how I look at it. It's going to be great to get NFL Week 1 going as Brad and Scott, they do amazing work. Big thanks to them. And in the final segment, take a look at Thursday Night Football and Thursday's MLB card on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Kick off your football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook. For all things football-related content, check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and so much more. Every single week, BetRivers has you covered with unique football specials to help you win big. Check out your favorite teams and your favorite players with BetRivers. It's a whole new game as it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Big thanks to Brad Thomas. Does a great job over at, over at NBC Sports and then... You've also got Scott Rachel who wanted to join me in the last segment as well. He does amazing work with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And my goodness, speaking of absolutely incredible, what we are seeing right now in the U.S. Open, as I'm doing this live, I wound up setting the line at minus 110 as to whether or not this match between Yannick Sinner and Elkaraz was going to be done before my show wound up wrapping up. This, this match might be going on when we wind up having follow the money at 4 a.m. Pacific. 7 a.m. Eastern. I mean, it is just absolutely high-level tennis that we are seeing right now, so that is a whole lot of fun, and that led us into a little bit of a pro tip as we were talking with the gentleman about just being able to gauge some sports that are a little bit off the radar, being able to gauge what we are going to be able to get in general when it comes to soccer, because I know that when it comes to the World Cup, that is going to be very, very heavily bet, and that is just some high-quality action, but you're able to get pro tips, for every single sport from us, we give out 20 a day, one every hour on every show. So you're able to sort them by show, you're able to sort them by sport. But the one that I want taking away, fatigue and motivation. Very big when it comes to being able to handicap soccer. And on top of that, when it comes to handicapping soccer, you're going to notice this in the World Cup. Goal differential. Very, very big. You're going to find that in group play when it comes to the World Cup. It is something that really comes to mind. And a lot of tiebreakers when it comes to a lot of these leagues. It is based on goal differential as well. So that is always something that you do want to be gauging when it comes to handicapping soccer. So that's my pro tip here. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. If you're a VEASAN subscriber, you're able to get all of those. And here in the final segment, we're going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting on Thursday Night Football. But first things first, got to clean up my DK Nation pick for you guys on the diamond as well. So 
We're hitting everything in this hour. How about if we wind up going to the diamond and taking a look at the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins? This is game number 907-908 on the board. It is the Philadelphia Phillies. They play us the Miami Marlins at Sandy Alcantara. He does wind up going for the fish at Kyle Gibson. He's on the bump for the Phillies between minus 125 and minus 130, the number that you're laying with the Phils, and between plus 110 and plus 120 is your price on the Miami Marlins. And when it comes to the fish, I do think that you've got a good shot that Sandy Alcantara is going to be able to go deep in the start. He has been a little bit more shaky as of late, but with Sandy Alcantara, he has been pretty much money in the bank for being able to lend a lot of length. Seven plus innings in 17 out of his last 21 starts. He's going up against the Phillies lineup. That has been solid. Bryson Sada has been able to come on for them. You've got Reese Hoskins who supplied 25 plus home runs. Kyle Schwarber has been incredible in terms of the deep ball, but not necessarily getting on base, only being right around 220. And for Bryce Harper, it's been the exact opposite. Since coming off the injured list, he has yet to hit a home run, but he has been able to do a good job of moving the line, hitting right around a 300 in that time span. Meanwhile, on the flip side for the Miami Marlins, just a historically bad offense thus far. I mean, you don't have a single player that is currently in the lineup, so that excludes guys like Jazz Chislam or Ace Larian Company that are currently on the injured list. Every one of the healthy players are going to be available for the Marlins in this game. Seven home runs or fewer this season. It's September 8th, and you've got that going on with the Miami Marlins. It's just absolute sadness. Charles LeBlanc has been able to about a 280. That's about the best thing that I can say about this Miami Marlins offense. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, bullpen has been a little bit up and down. Corey Knable and Sir Anthony Dominguez are dealing with injuries. Knable most likely out for the season. But you've got still David Robertson. Got a few other guys like a Connor Brogdon able to throw their bad hand. They've been able to do a solid job. And because Sandy Alcantara winds up lending so much length for the Marlins, you don't have to worry about guys like Andrew Nardi and company coming out of the bullpen. Instead, it's more of your trustworthy guys. Stephen O'Curtis posted up a sub three ERA. Dylan Floral, Richard Blyer. These are guys that are able to do a relatively solid job. When it comes to the money line of the Marlins, we're seeing them right around a plus 120. I would like to get it more around a plus 125 to a plus 130. I do feel like Money might wind up coming in overnight on the Philadelphia Phillies if because of just what we've been seeing in general with regards to this fish offense. So it's a circumstance in which I would be wanting to hold off overnight and I really don't want to take a look at a run line. Relying upon the Philadelphia Phillies to be able to win by multiple runs, not something that I have any interest in because Sandy Alcantara most likely is going to be the Cy Young Award winner when it's all said and done. So a circumstance where I... Feel like there's going to be value on the Miami Marlins moving forward. I set them as a plus 122, and right now we're seeing in a lot of spots right around about a plus 120, so I just need this to tick up a few cents. So I'm right now in wait-and-see mode on the money line, and hey, if this thing winds up cratering, you wind up getting the Phillies at like minus 120. I'd be willing to dive in there, but that said, it's a spot in which my DK Nation write-up is going to be on the under, and it is a circumstance where I'm most likely going to be taking a look at the Marlins, but going to be taking a look at overnight line movement. And the minus 110 on the Dennis match, finishing up before the Greg Peterson experience. It does wind up cashing. Alcaraz winds up finishing up. It's at number five. I think both of these guys just said, you know what? It's 2.50 a.m. Eastern time. Let's just get this thing done with. So it did wind up finishing up before the Greg Peterson experience. If you wind up taking the Dennis match to finish before the Greg Peterson experience, congratulations. You are a winner there. And I mean, we're all really winners when it comes to that matchup. I don't care what you want to betting on. I, I'm sure that there were some bad beats out there and some money lost, but I that was good, clean, quality fun. So you always do like to see that. And speaking of good, clean, quality fun, the NFL always winds up providing that as well as 
We've got our first game of the season that is going to be getting kicked off right around 5.20 p.m. Pacific time, 8.20 p.m. Eastern. Let's dive into it. Buffalo Bills, L.A. Rams. The Rams in both spots are finding themselves a two-and-a-half-point underdog. We're seeing a straight two at DraftKings right now, and the total, it has really not budged. It opened up at 52. We're seeing a stray 51-and-a-half. We're seeing a stray 52-and-a-half, but it's been rather steady. But when it comes to the Rams, you have to have a little bit of trepidation with that Matthew Safford injury. And I've just been a little bit dumbfounded that less has been made out of this Matthew Safford injury because I do think that it is a pretty big deal in this circumstance, but I still just lean towards the motivation factor that the Los Angeles Rams are going to have in this game. They are hoisting up a they're hoisting up a banner because of what they wind up doing. They are going to be dealing with Van Jefferson being out of the full, but let's call it what it is. Van Jefferson not necessarily going to be creating too much of an impact on this game, in my opinion. But when it comes to the Rams, what I think is going to be just so beneficial for them this season is that you took a look at Cam Akers, what he wound up doing during the postseason last year. And that's not the Cam Akers that we all know and love. He was coming back rather early from the injury that he wound up sustaining. He wound up having five carries during the regular season. Then during the postseason, just could not wind up getting things rolling. I think that we're going to see the Cam Akers of old, the guy that we want to see at Florida State and in his rookie season with the LA Rams. And then flip side for the, uh, for the Buffalo Bills, the one real weakness that you could wind up finding with the Buffalo Bills last season was pass rusher. They did wind up bringing in Von Miller during the offseason. No question. That elevates them quite a bit. But I still do have my question marks as to whether or not they're going to be able to get pressure on Matthew Stafford. They did not wind up having a single player with more than seven sacks last season. That would be Mario Addison. And other than Addison, nobody had more than four sacks last year. That is going to be a case in which I do think that it winds up hurting this team just a little bit. You do have a defense that overall, I do think that it is a little bit better. And when it comes to the defense in general, I do think that this is going to be a rock solid secondary moving poor moving forward as I do like what Jordan Poyer was able to bring to the table last season. He was able to get five picks. So no question that is going to be helpful. But I do think that a lot of people are underrating this LA Rams defense as well, because we all look to the Super Bowl and what we wound up seeing out of Matthew Stafford being able to make those plays, Cooper Cup, what he was able to do towards the back half of the Super Bowl, and obviously Odom Beckham Jr., what he was able to do before he wound up going down with the injury. But the reason why the Rams wound up winning that Super Bowl, the name is Aaron Donald, and there was a little bit of question mark after he wound up swinging the helmet in practice, but he's going to be out there. He's going to be firing all cylinders for this Rams team. They've got one of the best front seven, so you're going to find it all football, and I do think that they're going to be able to make life rather uncomfortable for Josh Allen. Allen, obviously someone that is able to create with his feet as well. So that is going to be an element that the Rams do wind up having to factor in. But I do think that this is relatively good value with the Rams. I would rather take a little bit of a look at the money line rather than take a look at the at the plus two just because I don't think that this is a game that is going to be landing on two, two and a half. I think that it's a circumstance in which whoever winds up winning, they are able to do it by a field goal plus. So being able to get right around like a plus 115, to a plus 120 on the money line. That does appeal to me. Don't have as much on the total. If I really had to play it, I'd be taking a look at an under personally because I do think that that Rams defense, it does wind up coming into play. And I do think that the Bills, they're a little bit improved on the defensive side of the ball as well. But what I do like here is the Rams being able to win outright on their home field as a home underdog, as home underdogs. They have been very prevalent 
in recent years in week one of the NFL. And what else is very prevalent? The fact that we've got Follow the Money coming up next, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Mitch and Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, they've got you covered right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Regular season football is just around the corner. The VEASAN team has been prepping all summer for this. Whether you're betting on futures, looking for contest strategy, or building your own power ratings, VEASAN has everything you need. Get all the latest from our lineup of experts. NFL veterans, members. NFL veterans, members. NFL veterans, members. NFL. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.